I get a text that's asked in the afternoon and Galatians 6. We're getting close to finishing. Based upon this morning's Bible study, we will not finish the, the book today. <laughs> but um, I always encourage you, read ahead, um, prepare your hearts to meet with the Lord, and uh, probably in the next couple of weeks we'll be in the next book, which is the book of Ephesians. We'll be going through verse by verse through the book of Ephesians. So let's pray. Lord, we're just so grateful to be together this morning to have the freedom to gather and to know that you are with us, that we're not alone, that even as we leave this place, Lord, you are with us. Thank you for your great love for each one of us this morning, for how you cherish us, how our lives matter to you. Thank you for how you nourish us, Lord, through your word. We are in need of that this morning, of, of you meeting us right where we are at. Lord, you're so good. Just as we sang, you are good, Lord, so faithful, so reliable. Every time we open your word, that there's an opportunity to grow and to know you more, and to hear your voice. So we want to hear your voice this morning with all the other voices out there, some good, some bad, that we would hear your voice and to follow you, our good shepherd. And so we commit this time to you now. We thank you for the great things you're going to do. For your glory, we pray in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen, amen. Amen. All right. So in chapter six, the apostle Paul has now come to um, giving the church a series of exhortations really to help us to apply, remember what we learned in chapter 5 about walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, living in the Spirit, right? You guys remember that? You guys remember that? God Almighty in the person of the Holy Spirit comes and takes residence in our hearts when we receive Jesus Christ. We begin now this relationship, right? And we begin to walk with the Lord and our lives are to be under his influence each and every day, to be led by him each and every day. And so what does that look like? What is some practical application for us of walking in the Spirit, being led by the Spirit? And so Paul began in chapter 6, um, those first five verses. You guys remember um, Paul spoke about reaching out to those that are struggling right? Those who are spiritual to come alongside the brother that um, is caught up in a trespass and considering ourselves also, lest we be tempted, we are to bear, to shoulder one another's burdens, correct? We're in, that means we are a team. We're in this together. Some of us, when we're struggling, we need someone to come alongside of us, right? You guys ever struggle? You guys ever had someone come alongside you? It's, isn't it beautiful when that happens? As the body functions as it should, we come alongside one another and pray for one another and serve one another. Not only that, the Apostle Paul encouraged us that we would examine our own work, that, that we would not be scrutinizing everyone else's work, but we would look at the things that we are doing for the Lord and, 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 and take an inventory of the things that we're doing. And are we doing it because we love the Lord and we love others? And are we being faithful with the ministry that God has given us and the gifts and callings? that he's given to us. And he also said at the end of verse uh, five, or right at verse five, he talked about each one of us shall bear our own load. And so um, there's times we need to recognize that, you know, we're not just to bear other people's loads, but God has given us something to be faithful and to carry. And, and so uh, as we begin chapter uh, six, verse six, let's read down to verse 10. And we'll see what this looks like, more application for us this morning. God's word says, the Apostle Paul writes, he said, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. You guys have that highlighted and underlined? No. I don't want to be 
selfish this morning. This is, this is good because there's a context here. Look what it says, verse 7. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. Why? For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. So let me draw our attention real quick to verse 6. And so the Apostle Paul writes, let him who is taught, the person who is instructed in what? What does it say? In the Word. That speaks of God's Word. In the Scriptures, the person that's taught, that's instructed, he or she is to share. That word means to partake. And in, in, in these exhortations that Paul gives, they are all in the continual tense. We're to continually do these things. We are to continually share or, or, or uh, to, to give to, is the idea, um, all good things. Who gives us all good things? God does. All good things come from Him, right? The Father of lights. And we are to share, to partake with the one who teaches us the word of God. And so this is the bring your pastor the oatmeal chocolate chip cookies verse right here. No, just kidding. Again, this is, I don't want this to be self-serving, but there's some, important, it, it, there's some important things that the Lord would speak to our hearts this morning. And the context is sowing and reaping. We reap what we sow. And so um, the spiritual person, remember the person walking in the Spirit, led by the Spirit, living in the Spirit, the spiritual person is willing to share. They are generous, and this speaks of giving support, um, giving support to those in ministry. Um, and Paul, it's almost like Paul's saying, though, do you understand that you are, don't, don't you understand that you are in this together? In other words, there is a mutual care that is to take place. What do I mean by that? Well, the pastor-teacher is to feed the flock, to feed, to lead, to plead. That's how I remember it. To feed God's flock, to, to lead God's flock, and to plead for God's flock. And the flock's responsibility is to care for the pastor-teacher. And I shared in the first service, I am so grateful for our church because our church is so generous. Tanya and I have been taken care of. Um, we, we've been so blessed not only have we been cared for materially, but there are some of you who, I, I know it's the Lord, your timing is perfect when you send emails of encouragement. Thank you for that. You, you know who you are <laughs> this morning. Thank you for that. You have no idea. I mean, you, have, you guys know when someone sends you an email that's just like, or a text that is so timely, right? It's sharing. Some of you come up to me and share with me all the good things that God is doing in your marriage, and in your life, that's sharing in all good things, you guys. It's, it's so much more than material. We had, we've had people bring food to our house. Um, there's a family that brings us vegetables and fruit um, during the month. And it's like, man, thank you so much. You're making sure we stay healthy. <laughs> Some of the stuff I don't like to eat. And you're... But thank you. It's, 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 uh, it's so awesome. And, and so as we consider these verses, the, the, the pastor teacher gets into the Word of God and puts together a meal to feed and to nourish the flock, correct? When, when we make a Thanksgiving dinner, you guys make Thanksgiving dinner? Anybody here make Thanksgiving dinner? Do you, how do you do that? Do you go down to the, the deli and get some turkey sliced, throw in the microwave? You, it takes time, doesn't it, to prepare a meal you take your time, correct? Is that right? Why, why do you do that? You take your time, you get the best ingredients because you want to do what to bless your family, right? 
The person that's teaching, not just from the Word of God, but teaching the Word of God, is preparing a meal. Why? To nourish God's precious people. Jesus said to Peter, if you love me, do what? Feed my... The sheep belong to Jesus. But if we're, as a pastor, if I'm to communicate, one way I communicate my love for Jesus is by feeding you guys the Word of God the whole counsel of God's Word. And the flock shares with the pastor-teacher in all good things. And if we don't function as a team, you know what happens? The teaching's just not there. Because what happens is, when, when that's not happening, the pastor-teacher or those involved in feeding the flock, they have to go get another job and, and be bivocational or trivocational. Some of you guys know I was bivocational for years. And I, you know what? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Because the Lord used it in such special ways in my life and ministering into the community that I would have never had the opportunity to do. But, but I wasn't able to do Wednesday nights or Sunday mornings to teach all the time. It just, the teaching wasn't there. And so Paul is saying to the church, um, listen, you need to free, pe- free up the people who teach you so they can do that effectively. And I just, I want to give an exhortation to the pastors and teachers and those that minister the word of God this morning. Listen, teach the word. Preach the word. Again, not just, there's a lot of churches that, that, that teach or preach from the word. I'm talking about teaching the word, the entire counsel of God's word. And listen, it is, I love doing that, by the way, because no one can say to me after the service, Pastor, you are aiming that sermon at me. Because it happens. And I would say, listen, that's the Holy Spirit. He loves you. He's trying to get a hold of your heart. I didn't know you were coming. What's today? The 29th? Today the 29th? 28th. I didn't know you would be here. Oh, you know what? Jim Bob Johnson's going to be there February 28th, 2021. I got just the message for him. When I see him sit down, shebang. Dude, I got no clue, bro. We're just going through the word of God verse by verse. And I know because I've gone to churches where and there's a lot of storytelling sprinkled with some Bible dust. Listen, if you are a pastor, teacher, feed the flock of God with the Word of God. Paul said to Timothy, the time is coming when people will not endure sound doctrine. You preach the Word. You share the Word of God. You are thoroughly equipped for every good work. You are complete with the Word of God. Help, the, help God's precious people become complete and thoroughly equipped for what He has for them. So that's my exhortation to pastors, teachers. When Jesus, looked at, when Jesus looked at the people, his heart was broken. He saw them as sheep without a shepherd. And what did he do? He fed them the word of God. He taught them and ministered to them. On the flip side, an exhortation to the flock, take care of your shepherds. It tells us in Hebrews Hebrews chapter, I think it's 13. This is like my favorite verse for my kids, especially when they're selfish and stingy, like their dad. (laughs) Hebrews 13, 16, but do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. It makes God really happy when we do good and when we share. That's what the book says, correct? And so um, the context, what was the context again of our passage this morning? Sowing and sowing and reaping. And in our, this is, and it's speaking about our giving, by the way. And this is not, by the way, if you're joining us, um, like for the first time here at church or online or wherever, this is, or you've been coming for a while, this is not a money pitch. Maybe you've been sitting here for a couple weeks saying, okay, when are we going to get to, when he's going to start talking about money. This is not, we're not going to bring out the chicken buckets and pass them around this morning. That's between you and Jesus. Your giving is between you and the Lord. But here's the deal this morning. Paul's heart, Jesus's heart in our giving, Jesus said is more blessed to give than to receive. Paul's heart, Jesus' heart, my heart for you guys is that you would be blessed because you will reap what you, you will reap what you sow. And so our heart is that you'd be blessed. 
Contributing materially allows ministry to take place. And as we sow, we reap the benefits, not only presently, but in the life to come as well. Didn't Jesus say something about that? Store up our treasures in heaven, right? And if we, and if we sow neglect, what will we reap? Neglect. If we invest in God's work, we will reap the blessings that come from it. Everything we have belongs to who, by the way? Everything we have belongs to who? To God. It all belongs to Him, and He shares with us, doesn't He? He, listen, He entrusts His stuff with us. And He gives us the opportunity to share what? To share His stuff with others. He gives us the opportunity to use his stuff to store up treasures in heaven for us. I mean, what a deal. Isn't that an amazing deal that God has, his program? And our giving is an investment in our future. By the way, we just learned this on Sunday nights, Luke 19. You can check it out later. The parable of the, what was it? The the minus? No, minus? The king called 10 of his servants in, gave each one of them a mina singular, mina, and said what to them? Go and do business till I come, till I return. Occupy till I come. By the way, our king is coming. And he would say the same thing to us. Here's what I've given you. This is what I, God is equal opportunity, by the way. He's blessed every one of us. And we are to occupy till he comes. And there's only, a, there's a, there's only three of the, of the servants that we learn about what they did. Two of them were faithful, and they, like, multiplied their minas. And then one dude hid his mina in, like, a handkerchief, right? You guys remember that? And the two dudes that invested, they reaped a harvest when the king came. And the other dude didn't. What he had was taken from him. And, and I look at these verses this morning, and if we violate this, we shouldn't be surprised if the future is not so great for us. And the context is sowing and reaping, and it's not just, listen, this morning, it's not just our treasures, but it's our, our time and our talents. Who's given us time and talents? God has. It's an investment. And I'm learning, this is what I'm learning, and it's been, it's been hard. It's been a hard lesson for me. But I am learning we fail to give to the work of God because you know where we're sowing? We're sowing to the flesh. So often, rather than sowing in the right direction. And he goes on to say, look at verse 7, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. That word deceive means Do not go astray. Don't get off course. Don't deviate from the path. Or don't fool yourself. Because God is not fooled. God is not tricked. God is not ridiculed. And this tells me something very important. We are susceptible to being fooled and thinking that we can fool God also. Right? Denying the law of sowing and reaping. But whatever you, and again, it's in the continual tense, whatever you continually, what does sowing mean, by the way? Planting, thank you. Planting seeds is the idea. Whatever you plant, we're going to talk about that in a minute, it is a law in life, and it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a physical law, but it's a spiritual law also. Are you with me? Okay. Whatever a man sows, that he will also reap or harvest or gather a crop. In other words, there will be certain consequences. You will get certain results. How you sow. Why does Paul say this? Why does Paul say this? Well, number one, being deceived is a real danger. We can be deceived and our hearts can do what? Can lead us astray. You know what can happen? We can think, I'm getting away with this and no one sees. Nothing is happening. I'm getting blessed. I'm going to church and I'm involved in this over here. No one sees. Or I'm sowing to my flesh 
and I'm thinking I'm going to reap in the spiritual realm, I'm deceived. You guys know what I'm talking about here? Or, or, you know what, I'm grinding it out and I'm not seeing any results. I'm doing what's right. Or, I'm just going to wait to the last minute and cram. Any crammers here from school? Yeah. I mean, our educational system promotes that. Taking a test, you can prepare the night before, cram all the info in, rather than a comprehensive test or learning. You can cram all night long. You can even ace the test or pass. But then next week, what happens? Duh. <laughs> right? <laughs> what was that again? You guys know what I'm talking about? But people think they can do that spiritually, too. When I get this promotion, I'll start serving the Lord. I'll get, I'll, I will, man, I'll do, it. I'll do what the Lord's called me to do. When I hit this benchmark in my career, when I, when I get to this, when I get that, that, when I retire, I'll start serving. And you know what? You're going to be cramming. Today is the day. Today is such an important biblical word. Today is the day of salvation. Today, do not harden your hearts as in the day of rebellion. To give us this day our daily bread. Don't put it off because what you do today will have effect on you tomorrow and your next month and your next year because of what you are sowing into your life. And hopefully we want to enjoy life as God intends. You guys want to enjoy life as God intends? It's important to understand what is being communicated here. What I do now will affect my future. And so, the law of sowing and reaping. What are the principles? There's three. If you're taking notes, I'm going to throw it out there real quick. It's real simple. You guys know this already. You reap after the kind you the kind you sow. You reap after the kind you sow. In other words, there's a genetic connection between what we plant and what grows. Are you with me? If you sow an apple seed, you get what? Apples. If I sow an apple seed, I'm not getting oranges, correct? You reap after the kind you sow. Are you with me so far? Number two, reaping will come, but it's going to take time. You with me on that? You plant that apple seed, does it spring up overnight? It doesn't, does it? It takes cultivation, it takes care, watering, waiting. Are you with me? Anybody, anybody grow any stuff here? That sounds bad, doesn't it? Anybody grow some stuff here? <laughs> Sorry if I caused you to stumble. <laughs> so bad. Pray for me. <laughs> There's still some space trash. That... Man. Does anybody grow fruits or vegetables here this morning? It doesn't, does it grow up overnight? It takes time, Correct. Bad. Number three, third principle. You reap more than what you sow. You sow an apple seed, you get an apple tree with lots of what? Lots of apples. You reap more than what you sow. And again, I can do something today. I can do something today that will affect my tomorrows, my next years, and my eternity. Because look at the next verse. For he who sows to his flesh, here's a promise, will of the flesh reap corruption. So the person that sows, that plants, that feeds, what's the flesh? Is the flesh good or bad, by the way? It's bad. It's rotten. It's that fallen part of us, right? That our fallen nature. When we come to receive Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we get a new nature, right? It is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. There's a new life that's birthed, that's born, that needs to get fed to receive good seeds. But we, the old man is still there, the flesh, right? Paul said in Romans, remember what he said? He said, I know that in me that is in my flesh dwells no good Thing. Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. 
And so the promise, the result will be, if we're sowing to our flesh, what's the result going to be? We're going to reap what? Corruption. So check this out. I, I had never seen this before. I've got a, I've got a good Bible program that helps with Greek. And that word corruption, I had never seen this before. It means destruction from within, internal deterioration, internal decay, and decomposition. Isn't that interesting? It happens first internally, and then what happens? Ultimately, it begins to out in our lives. Why? Because Proverbs, we're told in Proverbs, out of the heart spring the issues of, of life. The harvest is in the heart and in the mind and then beyond because of what flows out of our hearts. It's connected to our hearts. That's why, again, the, the Solomon wrote, guard your heart with all diligence. Be careful of what you're putting into your heart, what you're putting into your mind. Because you will reap what you sow. And listen, if everything we do in our spare time is to feed our flesh, then we shouldn't be surprised if worthless junk comes out, right? What we're gonna, if we're sowing to our flesh continually, what's going to come out is junky and clunky. It's going to weigh us down in our race running with Jesus. It's going to be a weight in our lives. It's junk. I, I was thinking about this this week, the stuff that we watch on TV. I mean, I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about myself. Not like I watch bad stuff, but it's like starting to think about the stuff that I poured in for years. Man, garbage in, garbage out. I mean, think about the entertainment, the conversations we, we partake in that we sow into and allow to be sown into us. The web browsing the stuff that we sow into our eyes and our ears. Listen, we can fool ourselves, but we can't fool God. And if we're sowing to the flesh and expect to reap in the spiritual realm, we are deceived this morning. And if we are living, uh, listen, if we're living one way and then, and then today and expect to magically experience blessing down the road, it's just not going to happen. Again, because of the law here that God has. It takes time, but it's going to happen. You guys remember Samson? You guys remember Samson? In the old, I mean, he's a perfect example of this. You guys remember Samson? Maybe you're saying, no, I don't. You ever seen him in the children's Bibles? What does he look like? Buff, doesn't he? All ripped and made in, made in Israel traps. You know, he's got the six-pack. He was a shrimp. He was a long ponytail dude, little guy. How do you know? Come on, pastor. Now you're, now you're pushing it, dude. Because remember what the Philistines said to Delilah? Find out where his strength comes from. They didn't say, he's super big. We need to just get some big old dudes to take him out. But here's the thing about Samson. He was a one-man wrecking crew. You go back and read the story of his life. I think, I think there's more material dedicated to him as a judge in Israel than any of the other judges. One man wrecking crew. And here's the problem with that. Can you imagine if Samson would have said, you know what, let's gather together as a team. We're in this together. Can you imagine the damage they would have done to the Philistines? Are you with me this morning? But he chose to do it alone and then not only that, he chose to mess around with the calling of God upon his life by messing around with chicks, flirting with girls, playing games, right? He was a game player. But people, and what he was doing was he was playing games with God's calling on his life and anointing on his life. And you remember what happened? He hooked up with Delilah. You guys remember that? Playing games with Delilah. And then finally, she gives him a, what, a haircut? You guys remember that? He's tied down, and he thinks, you know what he thinks? When, when the Philistines come upon him, they show up out of the closet, they pop up. 
I'm going to get up just like I did before, and I'm going to wipe them out. I'm going to take these dudes out. And what happened? He was weak as any other person. Why? Because his hair got cut? No, 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 no. That was the hair, the long hair was symbolic of his consecration to God, of his life set apart for the Lord. And he messed around with his calling, with God's calling. He didn't take it serious. And what happened was he kept sowing to his flesh and sowing to his flesh and sowing to his flesh. And then in that moment when he needed to turn it on, what happened? It wasn't there. And it's like the Holy Spirit took his hand right off of him. That, you know, that frightens me, by the way, that God would ever take his hand off my life. Say, you want to do it? You want to go your own way? Do it in your flesh? Go for it. Watch what will happen. It's, that's, is that frightening to anybody else? Like to get up here in the pulpit and just one day go, duh. I mean, the Lord could do that, take his hand off any of us, his anointing off any of our lives. It's frightening. God help us. The contrast, here's the, here's the good news. Maybe you're saying, oh, no, is there any good news? Yeah, right here. Check it out. But he who does what? The contrast, the person who sows to the Spirit, what's the promise? Will of the Spirit, what, what are you going to reap? everlasting life. And listen, everlasting life or eternal life is not just quantity of life, it is quality of life. How do we know that? John 10, Jesus said, I have come that they might have life and life more abundant. Jesus promised you and I, brother, sister, life abundant. And so there's two realms. Where do we want to invest? In the flesh or in the spirit. It's our choice, by the way. It's our choice. And the encouragement, God's encouragement to us this morning, Paul's, you, Paul, God using Paul to encourage us is to what? Is to sow quality seeds into our life. What, what I do now will affect my future. And by the way, it's worth waiting for. It's worth waiting for. You're doing the right thing. You're sowing the good seeds you keep doing that. We're going to learn that in just a minute. But maybe you're saying, you know what? How do I sow to the Spirit? What are some examples of that? I would say number one, by spending time with Jesus, reading your Bible and praying. Getting into the Word of God and allowing the Word of God to get into you. Jesus spoke about the sower sowing seeds, right? It's the seed, it's the Word of God that has the DNA to change our lives. Are you with me? Peter talked about it in 1 Peter chapter 2, or 1 and 2. Peter said, having been born again, speaking of us, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. So we experience the new birth coming into a relationship with God through the, through the word, Right? He says the seed of the word of God. And then Peter goes on to say in chapter 2, verse 2, he says, as newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word. Why? That you may grow thereby. So isn't that awesome? And he says, if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is gracious or good. So we grow by the word of God. Are you with me? And how are we to crave the Word of God as newborn, as newborn babes? Moms, do you remember what that was like? Moms, do you guys remember what that was like when they were some of you still have them? Right? Bala, bala, and then they get their milk, right? And then what happens? Milk coma, right? <laughs> Until what? A little later, and then what? Bala! Bala! Right? I need my milk. Can you satisfy them with anything else? Give them some keys for a minute. They'll jingle, jangle, jingle, right? Nice and sparkly and shiny. They may chill out for a minute, but then they want their milk, right? Are you with me? I, for me, it was like, honey, it's for you, 3 a.m. He's saying that's how we're to crave the Word of God. Is that how we crave the Word of God? That we would grow? How often do you need to feed a newborn babe? 
How, how much, moms? A lot, right? Do you skip like a week? <laughs> no way, right? They need that milk. You know what he's saying? We need that milk, you guys. That we need to crave that milk. If you've tasted the Lord's good, that's one way to sow to the Spirit is by getting into the Word of God, get, being involved in fellowship, coming to church, ministry, ministering to one another, using the gifts and callings that God has given you. You're sowing good seeds. Prayer. We're not to grow weary in our prayers, right? Men always ought to pray and not lose heart. You're sowing good seeds, you guys, when you're praying. Not only that, I mean, again, the Bible says not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, getting connected together with brothers and sisters. And, and we're going to read about in that last verse we, we read just a minute ago in verse 10, to do good to one another, to care for one another, doing good and sharing. And by doing this, you're doing something that will eventually bring about a certain result, and the result is life, guys. It's abundant life. And there's, I think there's a warning and an encouragement here that we need to look at. L- look at what it says again. He says, He who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption, but he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. Everlasting life is connected to sowing to the Spirit. And I think this is the warning this morning. If you are expecting everlasting life, and you are only sowing to the flesh, you are deceived this morning. If that's all you sow to is the flesh, and you think you're going to reap everlasting life, this morning you need to repent. You need to make an adjustment this morning. You need to have a change in your thinking and a change in your heart. Don't be deceived. God's not mocked. God's not fooled. You're going down a wrong path, and the Lord loves you, and He's reaching out to you this morning. Here's the encouragement. Parents, you're sowing good seeds. The harvest is coming. Parents, you're sowing good seeds. The harvest is coming. Spouses, you're sowing good seeds. Because us husbands, we're watering our wives with the word, correct? Or sowing good seeds into their lives. The harvest is coming. Brothers and sisters in the Lord, as we sow to one another, the harvest is coming. Pastor, teacher, minister, keep sowing good seeds. The harvest is coming. At home, in the workplace, in school, keep sowing good seeds. Why? The harvest is coming. Store up your treasures in heaven. Blessings are ahead for you if you are sowing to the Spirit. You are investing in something that will last forever. You are making an eternal investment. Listen, I can I encourage you, invest in something eternal, not something that will be thrown away or wasted. Look at the next verse. Paul includes himself in this exhortation. Verse 9. How are we doing on time? Sweet, another hour? What? Is that what this church does? Someone once said, the the ear can only take what the seat can endure. I don't know if that's true or not. Verse 9. Look at Paul includes himself. This is so important. He says, and let us not grow weary while doing good. So this is for all of us. Let's not grow weary. Let's not get tired, worn out, exhausted, drained, burned out, fizzle out, get fed up with while we're doing what's right, while we're doing good stuff. Why does Paul have to say this? Why does Paul have to say this, y'all? Do you guys ever grow weary? Pastor, I'm growing weary with you right now, man. When are you going to wrap this thing up? Look at the rest of the verse says, in due season you're going to reap if you don't lose heart. There's going to be there's some good seeds hitting your heart right now, bro, sis. Don't grow weary in doing good. Why does Paul, notice Paul includes himself, by the way. The apostle Paul got weary. He sure did. I get weary. Do you guys get weary? We do. While we're doing good, it happens. 
We have three enemies, our flesh, the world, right? The whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We're swimming upstream against the world, the current of this world, doing what's right, correct? Is that what we're doing when we're out there? I don't know. You guys doing that? Swimming against the current out there? Gets tiring, doesn't it? Doing what's right? The enemy shooting his little fiery darts at us? With me? But he that is in you is greater than he that is in the world. God has not given us a spirit of fear or timidity, but power, love, and a sound mind. And Paul reminds us here of something so important, that we are not to grow weary. Why do we get weary? Why do you guys get weary? I want to make sure you're still with me. Do you guys, ever, anybody ever go on a diet? Anybody here ever go on a diet? Yes, thank you. Why do you get off your diet? You grow weary. I'm not seeing the results. Or you slip sometimes too, don't you? You slip. Anybody work out? Try to get in shape working out? Body? Get, get ripped? Why do you quit? Why do you throw in the towel? You get weary. Why? Because you don't see the results. I mean, is it easier to gain weight or take it off? That's not, not a trick question. <laughs> Sowing to the Spirit, doing good is hard work. It involves sacrifice. Just like working out, just like a diet. I know it's a lame illustration. And you start to wonder, is the crop coming? Is this, I don't think it's paying off, man. Has it ever happened with your kids? Maybe it has happened with your kids. Can I encourage you this morning? Because you're investing in your kids spiritually, and then they hit a phase. Anybody know about that phase? It's like, is this a phase? or <laughs> they going to pull out of this thing? Can I encourage you? Keep sowing good seeds. Like when they hit teens, right? When they become a teenager, it's like, who, who took my kid? Does this even matter? Is this working? You know what? God promises. Look at his promise. For in due season, we shall reap. We will experience the harvest if, this is a conditional, if we do not lose heart, if we do not let go or let loose completely. So if we totally throw in the towel, quit, we're going to miss out, you guys. That's the encouragement this morning. Keep doing what is right. Keep sowing good seeds. Keep watering. Keep waiting. Be patient. Remember, Noah, 120 years, you guys. Noah was a preacher of what? What does it say? Preacher of righteousness. He was preaching and preaching and preaching. How many responded to his altar call? Zero. But in his home, he affected his home, didn't he? His faithful walk, being, being faithful to what God called him to do. 120 years, day in and day out, faithful to be about God's business, and it affected his family. Or, or how about Joseph? Joseph kept doing what was right, even though he went through gnarly stuff. Are you guys with me? How about Moses? 40 years of hanging out with a bunch of grumblers and complainers, wanting to take him out. Was he faithful? Was Moses faithful, you guys? It tells us in Hebrew, the book of Hebrews, he was faithful in all of God's house. He, he was faithful to do, doing good. You look at that dude's life, and every time he hit, he hit rough patches, man, he was always praying. It's such an example for us to keep doing what's right, to keep doing good, keep watering, keep waiting. And then you see the fruit, and what, and what do you say? God, thank you. Oh, it was worth it. Because what you're doing for God will last. It will be worth it. As you obey the Lord, as you give and serve and pray, help others, love others, it will come back to you. You can count on it. You can bank on it. Why? Because listen to 1 Corinthians 15, right at the end of the chapter. I think it is. Listen to what Paul says. Great promise. Therefore, my beloved brethren... Be steadfast, immovable, 
always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing, do you know this this morning, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Isn't that a great promise this morning? We got one more verse. Check it out. Verse 10. Therefore, in light of all that, as we have opportunity, what are we to do? Let us, and it's continual tense in the Greek, let us continually do good to just the people we love, just the people that are really nice to us. To who? To all. And that word opportunity in the Greek, it's like kairos, I think it is, and it speaks of time. It speaks of time. Something that we're called not to squander our time. Moses wrote that psalm, Psalm, I think it's 90. Lord, teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. God, help me to understand how much time I have left, that I would invest it in the right way, that I would have a heart of wisdom, that I would apply the things I'm learning in my life. Right now we have opportunity. And Paul points to, it's interesting, Paul points to two aspects of our service and ministry for our Lord Jesus Christ. What's the context again? Sowing and and reaping. All of us, Paul includes himself, do good, and specifically, or uh, it's speaking of people here that don't know the Lord. See the contrast? Those of the household of faith and those specifically that don't know the Lord, reaching out to them, ministering to them, reaching out and ministering to those people that don't understand, that don't get it, that are blind, because we were once blind, weren't we? Were we all once blind? Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a really good person that's getting gooder and gooder. Saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I... That was us. The people we're watching on the news, people around us doing dumb stuff, destructive stuff continually, that was us. They're lost. They're blind. And Jesus said, remember what Jesus said about doing good? He said, listen, he said, check this out. And it's, Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And, and, and the Greek, it means you and you alone are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Isn't that great? We're to be doing good to those on the outside of the church walls. Again, Jesus saw the people as lost sheep without a, without a shepherd. Point them to the good shepherd, the one who gave his life for us, who laid down his life for the sheep. Um, it's interesting, too, in that verse, it says, do good to all. That means our enemies, too, doesn't it? Jesus said, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Did you guys catch that? So when we're doing good to our enemies, we bear a strong family resemblance to our dad in heaven, to our father. Why? Because he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends his reign on the just and on the unjust. And it's hard, isn't it? Is it hard to do that? To turn the other cheek? Anybody ever, ever here been insulted? Our flesh wants to do what? In, Right? Retaliate. That's right. Not just with one insult. I'm going to hit you with a like, machine gun. <laughs> right? Someone asked you to go one mile. Double up, right? Go two. Not, oh, he's asking me to do another one after that. Jesus only said two. That's it. I'm done. It's continually do good to our enemies. Why? Because it's a testimony that, guess who's living in your heart? 
that there's something supernatural going on in your life. Why? Because the Christian life is to be marked by the supernatural, not by our natural selves, not by our flesh. People should see us respond and go, wow, what are you tapped into, bro? Man, what do you got going on in your life? I can't believe the way you treated your coworker. I can't believe the way you responded to that fellow student. Man, the way you treat your parents, that's awesome. There's something different in your life. And what's happening? Wah, 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 your light is shining. And they're going, there's something different about you. And guess who we get to point them to? The one who lights us up, right? The light of the world. He's the light of the world. Oh, pastor, this is so hard. It's impossible, but made possible by God because it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Our part is to surrender and obey and say, Lord, I'll walk in this. And what happens, we experience his resurrection power when we say no to our flesh, death to ourself, and follow Jesus and what he's called us to do. Amen? Amen. Oh, we got one more part. I didn't, we, we didn't finish. Who else are we to do good to? Look around the room. The household of faith. Continually do good to our brothers and sisters in the Lord. There's a special relationship that we have within the body of Christ. We're to be together, to be with one another, to love one another, to pray for one another, to serve one another, to care for one another. Listen, love keeps us from cannibalizing one another. <laughs> we learned that, didn't we, back in chapter 5? And by doing, by doing that, you're sowing good seeds. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Maybe some of you are losing heart. Don't, th don't throw in the towel. It's not an accident you're here listening to this message. You will reap. It will pay off. It's worth it to sow to the Spirit. It's worth it to support the ministry. It's worth it to invest in God's kingdom. God tells us to. And he, makes a pr he attaches promises. His promises will have the final say in our lives. They'll have the final say. And God honors those who honor him, honor his word. And our relationships, our church family, um, uh, the, the, the people that we come in contact with will be blessed. They're going to reap the blessings. We will reap the blessings as we follow God's instruction and trust in his spirit to help us to do it. Amen? In Jesus' name. Lord, thank you so much. For